You're listening to Band Geek with Richie Castellano on the Riotcast Network. I am Richie Castellano. Joining me today on the drums is Andy Ascalise. Yay! Randy's not here, so we all have to clap and, and, and laugh at each other's jokes. You know, because normally when there's no Brandy, we just it's just dead and we realize how unfunny we are. On the guitar, the amazing Andy Graziano. Yay. On vocals, my amazing wife, Anne Marie Castellano. <laughs> and uh, our very special guest today is someone I've been trying to get on the show for a very long time. He is an incredible musician all around. He plays with Bernie Williams. Yes, that Bernie Williams. And he is a current member of the progressive rock slash fusion group, would you call it? Mm-hmm. Brand X, the incredible, amazing Chris Clark. So, uh, I'm, first, I want to just give a little uh, background of how you're, why you're here. Um, we found you outside. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we, <laughs> he hit his head, and then he woke up here. <laughs> um, I'm I, a rescue. I, I wanted to show him something in my trunk really quick, <laughs> and then he was in Staten Island. Um, we did a gig together, and um, here's what happened. We just The last gig like this that we did, uh, last show that we did like this was with Tom Brislin, and um, – Oh, I guess we did the Angus Clark one in between. But a lot of the Band Geek uh, viewers have been complaining to me, or lamenting, I should say, that we haven't done an episode like this. And and I kept telling them, wait, a really good one is coming. And I'm, I'm, it's just taking time to get ready. But th- this is the one I was telling you guys about. This you is can the, also blame me for that. I was way too busy. I'm sorry. I'm not going to blame you because I would never throw you under the bus. It's going to be – it's on me. Oh. Yeah, busy. I see your we're, eyes. We're all we're all busy. We're all busy, but you know. Anyway, we're, we we're here. Thing. So <laughs> we're here. One of the last like really complicated ones we did was with Tom Brislin, and we did um, South Side of the Sky by Yes. So, <laughs> and like a few weeks after that, I got on. I got put on one of those Queen symphonic gigs. Like Amory does this the symphonic gigs with Windborn. I do them with um, this other group, and. Uh, Actually, that's how I met Angus Clark, right. uh, doing those gigs. And this time, uh, Chris Clark was the keyboard player. And before, as I introduced myself to him, you know, hey, I'm Richie Castellano. Before he could even introduce himself, he jumped to a piano and played South Side of the Sky. <laughs> Can you show them what did you played? <laughs> that was like his way of saying hello. <laughs> I, I recognize you. <laughs> so, uh, so, and then... 
then you launched into every song I listened to from the ages of fifteen to twenty-two. <laughs> you played every one. You played some. Uh, you played some uh, Keith Emerson. You want to give us a little sample? Sure. Uh... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. ELP. No, but, uh, <laughs> and, oh, and, uh, I see, what you see did like there. that joke. But he ke- uh, he he kept playing all these amazing things that I never heard anyone play, and, and just perfectly, and right out of the top of his head. So that's when I said to you, and and we we just met. Yeah. And I said, "Can you come over to my house?" <laughs> all right. So, so um, just breathe into this rag real quick. <laughs> Don't but anyway, no. I, I remember after that right. show, you came up to me. You're like, I met this guy, Chris Clark. He knows all the prog songs. <laughs> <laughs> I was very excited about that. Mm-hmm. And then you got a chance to play together That's right. uh, with Casim Sultan. That's right. Yep. So, um, yeah. and then I, then you then gave you me call- the same phone call. <laughs> you said, oh, my God, he knows every prog song. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Um, oh, here's another question. Do you know that that really tricky? Uh, I'm sorry to just make you play things to put you on the spot. I, uh, yeah, but right. Do you know that really tricky uh, Boston like foreplay long time thing? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, oh my God, that's I've been amazing. Wanting to do that song my whole life. Uh, uh, if you come over again, maybe that we'll do That'd that and and the other yes song you wanted to do. Although we're playing, we're we're playing so many songs. Okay, so basically, let me fill you in. We already recorded the big song we're going to do today, and I'll tell you what it is. It's a song I've wanted to do since I'm 16 years old. It's mm. close to the edge. We already recorded it, so we're a little loopy now, and we're and we're and we're relieved. Andy's getting drunk. We've, uh, been, <laughs> we've been here. I'm a good host. For like 10 hours. We've been here for 10 hours. We have been here for 10 hours. We've been here for 10 hours. Practice. Recording, you know, eating pizza. Yeah, we uh, did practice for this one. We practiced hard for this one. Yeah, um, this is like another one that I put the fear of God in everybody. <laughs> like the last, the last time I put the fear of God in you guys was for the the Disney Princess episode when we did Belle, and that one we did it in two takes because we were yeah. so afraid of screwing it up. This one we didn't do it in two takes. Uh, there was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of takes, and it's very long mm. recording process. But um, in the end, we got it. We just listened it's, back. How many minutes is the song, Richie? It, Okay. On the record, it's like 18, right? Mm-hmm. But Eight, technically, 18. it's four songs, but it's one song, but it's four songs, right? Well, it's four yeah. movements. Yeah. It's an 18-minute waltz. It has movements, waltz. guys. The right. song has movements. movements. It does. Right. Um, it's good to know. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, but th- this is – we already recorded it, and um, it's going to be on a separate video. I'll, I'll place a link at the end of this video so you guys can, can go right to it after the interview. Or maybe you're coming from the video and you want to see the behind-the-scenes on it. Are you not telling them what the song is? No, I already said Close to the Edge. Oh, I didn't hear you say it. Sorry. Yeah. So we did Close to the Edge. That's and happens when you're married. Yeah, so... Each other out. <laughs> before, yeah. before we go into like the asking you a million questions, let's talk some, some gear. Um, so the sa- I haven't mixed this yet, so I don't know what I'm going to do. But, you know, V-Drum's over there. And I'm probably going to use either BFD or Abbey Road drums. Now, you want to use, like, two kits on this, right? Um, there's a couple of parts where I should have a beefier kit. Oh, like for the the Allen White type parts? Yeah, we should do, we should do like, a half Bill Bruford, half Allen White I'll thing, probably maybe. just do, you know, yeah. split out the MIDI and just do it two different ways. Yeah. So, cool. Andy, you have quite a couple of interesting things going on here. Yeah, I got my 335. This is a... Uh, Actually, a 1995 
either. We, we bought it brand new back then. Yeah. And I still have it, so I'm glad I, glad I managed oh, to Oh, plug that in so we can hear way. what you're doing. Oh, yeah, you, I'm not really capable of playing anything anybody wants to hear. <laughs> <laughs> like that sound? <laughs> so give us a little, give us like the man. So, so people can hear, you know, what the tone is, and this is, I All think, right. I think on the Helix we have a, a yeah, close um, to the edge patch. Yeah, it, when it's we a, say we, I mean Richie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a twin reverb, dimed, yeah. and uh, going to a Mesa cabinet. It's like you so guys anyway, know the song or something. And then, and then the Variax on the stand, and thank you to Ray Magnuski for lending us this Thanks, stand. Ray. Uh, you just just strum a chord on there or something really quick. So so we have the sitar there. That's how we're doing all that. Uh, on the bass, I have you know the Rickenbacker 4001. <laughs> I just put brand new Rota sounds on here to sound like Chris Squire. I had to put 40s on here because the 45s are bowing the neck. And this is, it's at that stage oh, of life. Is this the one that was hurting? Yeah, yeah. This is a 75. Is that how old it is? Yeah. No the yellow one on the wall is a 74, but that's no. not original because that one was found in pieces on the floor of my uncle's old basement. Wow. And he put it back together and we painted it. And that, that's got flats on it. That's why I don't play well, that. Well, I tell you what. I have my – remember my blue one yeah. at home? That's like an early 80s one. And mm-hmm. that one was one of my one of my flood guitars. Oh, no. So that's one of the few that actually Andy got had a, messed up. And, uh, we had uh, Hurricane Sandy in Staten Island and yeah. Andy got hit by it pretty hard. Yeah, wow. Six feet in my basement. Oh, man. <laughs> I had most of my – all my guitars. He used it as a up. boat oar to get out of his house. Yeah. <laughs> Right, meanwhile, oh. so all my amps and pedals and stuff were all kaputs and my uh, stuff like that. Anyway, so but Rick was one that actually got got messed up. I still have it, but it's like it's you know the neck is looks like looks like that. Yeah, that was a nice like, bass too. Of, so you're saying your uncle works miracles, huh? <laughs> you can try, but I don't know if he's going to you know be able to fix a water logged yeah. piece of uh, log. We'll see. Water. It's was mostly it just water? it's mostly cracks and stuff. Uh, so I mean. Uh. So. Um, see, one so, of these days. Chris, can you take us through your rig? And this is a typical rig for you? Yeah. Okay, nice. so what, what do you got going on here? This is actually um, two-thirds of what I use with uh, Brand X. Okay. So um, the, the home base is the Korg Grand Stage. It's, um, it's a really excellent 88-key uh, weighted um, great uh, electric piano. has really good... Um, Acoustic and on electric pianos, like a, a, mostly what I use. Like you, it actually has um, um, it has samples of like whatever piano you like. If you have the like they have the uh, what they refer to very very um, uh, you know, very 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 slyly as the Italian piano. Okay. You know. So, but but if you liked if you liked the you know, the, the what was it? The, let's take a look here. That's Italian. And hey. They also have the German piano. No, but I mean, it's all, so I mean, it's very meticulous. They have really good Fender Rhodes pianos with or without phaser. Yeah. Oh, that's the you best know. sound ever. It yeah. really I love is. that. <laughs> yeah, that's. Um, Just that sounds so that's cool. your that's like your meat and potato sounds right there. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, for like a lot, uh, Brand X, a lot of Fender Rhodes piano. I mean, uh, I mean, I was, you know, uh, you know, you know, you know, and so on and so forth. Wow. And the, um, so and, that's, and uh, then on top you have the Nord lead. The Nord three. lead, yeah, which is like a analog um, smorgasbord. 
<clears throat> so it has like a lot of like blippy, uh, a lot of, you know, um, has some, um, really has a little bit of everything, like, you know, ba uh, synthesizer basses, some, um, lots, lots of synth goodies. I mean, um, you know, lots of, uh, let me see, uh, didn't really use, uh, like, like if you were a song, uh, let's see, here's a, here's a good lead, uh, you can play, uh, everybody likes, uh, um, uh, everybody seems to get a kick out of this one. Uh. Hey, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, right. and you have like an array of. Hmm. <laughs> All right, right. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, you know, and, and it doesn't have any onboard effects, so actually I'm running this through a uh, Tech 21 um, uh, fly rig uh, Richie Kotzen model, which has um, basically uh, a delay section, an actual Sansamp uh, circuitry, and, uh, and then the Richie Kotzen's own custom, uh, something he refers to as the OMG uh, drive. <laughs> so you can get a lot of, um, you can actually get a lot of, uh, let's see, what, I have, what did I have? This is a lot of fun, actually. You have a, like, I'll give you the straight tone uh, with the uh, with the the uh, the drive. Uh, with the, uh, let's see, what at So it like almost gives a little more breath and and grit yeah. to the, yeah, the tone. So it yeah, it definitely warms it right up, which is. Uh, you know. And if you want to throw in the uh, the OMG drive, it's just if we could play. So people who own that keyboard are watching you like, how are you getting that sound out of that keyboard? And, and, and you're adding like another... Oh, it's yeah, it's all uh, fairy dust and whatnot. That's all. And on the other side, you have some, some stomp boxes there, too. I think it's so cool to watch a keyboard player use uh, guitar stomp boxes. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, like, I mean, because uh, yeah, we all like, you know, we, we want to get in on the, um, you know, I mean, like, you know, I mean, Keith Emerson had all his, his um, Leslie's modified, so they you can they growled and they and he's running through through the upper portions of guitar amps and stuff to get everything to snarl and spin. right. So towards that end, I have a uh, Lester K Leslie emulator by Electroharmonics, which I recommend. Especially so are you bypassing the Leslie in your Korg to get that? Well, uh, uh, it depends on the patch. So um, like the like this. Um, like this patch has some has some Leslie. I've probably sampled with Leslie. Right. But even that, even even if I kick in the the, uh, the Leslie on top of that, oh, it gives you even more whirliness. <laughs> so it's got it's got it's got a lot of swirl to it, and you can make it growl like crazy. Oh wow, that's yeah, that is legit. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, cowboy crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> right. So um, sounds great. Wow. So you got you got your Tony K on there. Yeah. So the growl is authentic. He's a real. You know, it's, it's not just clipping. It's real, real accurate um, growling. And then the other one is um, is actually an even tied space, which is um, uh, which is just a, a really state of the art uh, reverb. You actually could record with it in a pinch. You, uh, so you. Let me see. Like, like this is a. Let me see. I'll, do, I'll just give you a straight sound, just like you know, so okay. pleasant enough sound. And it's and it's just like the magic. All of a sudden, it's like. Uh, uh. 
know what I mean? It's oh, almost that's like a beautiful sounding like, yeah, reverb. It's crazy. And you know, it's just you know. Oh wow! So, so th- now that's so that's your normal rig. Yeah. The only thing I, I didn't bring was my, was um. I should have brought it. Was uh, uh, Studio Logic Sledge, which which is um, their like their uh, dedicated um, analog, you know, weapon of choice. And it's got and it's all real time like this, kind of like all, a lot of real time uh, knobs, three oscillators. Oh, okay. It's a it's yeah. a synth. Yeah. Oh wow. And how? It's a good. So it's it's really good. Um, now, when you have to travel and do like say fly out dates, mm. what do you do? I I pray. No, I um. <laughs> uh, um I take the Nord with me because it's small enough. I can if it's the most overheads. Right. Um, I request. Actually, last time I went out, and actually, I actually flew out both keyboards. I flew out this and the. Um, really. Yeah. Beca- because it was just there wasn't enough time to um, organize a, um, you know, um, a PC eighty eight or a rental keyboard to do what yeah. you want. Yeah. And, and and it and you know this as you know it's um, specific enough where like all of a sudden if I got the wrong keyboard it'd be like a long evening. Yeah. Even with the even with the north. So I took this. It wasn't actually bad. It, as as slabs go, it's probably around the fifty pound mark as opposed to like the seventy five pounds which you get. Um, you know the like older generation like the older. Um, you know, like the older, even the older Korg um, slabs. Right. You know, like, although I am, I am actually um, th- really thinking very, very hard about getting um, uh, the Kronos, which is their flagship. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which is, which is, and it's out of this world. You know, it's just got, it's great everything. It's, you know, it's got very, very sensible interface. You want to know what keyboard I'm using with Blue Oyster calls? What? <laughs> An O1W. No way. No <laughs> way. That's a nice keyboard. It, it, it's not old enough to be cool vintage. It's oh no! Like, like, oh no! Yeah. It's like, why are you using that? <laughs> oh no! It's it's direct, right down the middle of that no man's land. It's not. Yeah, it's not starting old enough to, to get to that point. Backline companies are like, oh yeah, I think we have one. Uh, you know, back. You know oh, it's it's holding up something. You know what I mean? We have it. Uh, you know, leveling out a table. Well, you know, we'll put a book under that table. Really? Wow. So, all right. So let's let's talk a little bit about about. Um, I know that song. Um, so let's talk about music in general and, and you sure. and, and your and how you got into music and your upbringing. So are, are where are you from? I'm from Whitestone, Queens. Okay. <laughs> so you're a, you're a born New Yorker. Oh yeah, nice. awesome. Born I, I noticed you have uh, Yankees on your uh, on your cell phone. Right? So you're a Yankee fan. <laughs> do you, do you follow sports pretty passionately? I like sports. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still, you know, superficial compared to my friends who are like, you know, the, the guys who actually have the fantasy leagues and everything. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I, I know, you know, I know, I know where the Yankees are in the standings. Like, fantasy, <laughs> fantasy sports is Dungeons and Dragons for cool kids. There you go. Mm. Well, that's, that's, that's debatable. <laughs> do you play fantasy sports? I think I, I try, like I was going to do it once, but then it just didn't happen. I was like, good. <laughs> I, I walked into Buffalo Wild Wings. And I saw like a table of guys with fantasy stuff, and they had iPads with the programs and pen and paper. I'm like, hey, that's our thing. <laughs> you got everything else. You got the cheerleaders. You got five thousand channels on television. Yeah, yeah. This is our thing. The pen and paper and the stats and my, you know, my armor class and my defense and my and my hit points. That's our thing. Leave it. Leave it alone, please. Really? But yeah, see, no. Like- listen, if they want to do Dungeons and Dragons, that, that's fine. Just acknowledge what it is. Call it for what it is. Mm. One of us. Yeah. One of us. <laughs> so you're so you're a kid in Queens, yeah. and uh, does anyone in your family play music? Um, 
Not in my immediate family. My grandfather on my father's side actually was a pianist. Okay. Oh, wow. And, and strangely enough, also kind of was, was, uh, I must, I think I get a lot of my goofiness from him actually, because, um, because <laughs> the stories are that he would, um, you know, do things like, um, like go into the, uh, the church in the chapel and, and find the pipe organ and start playing ragtime and stuff. And, you know, so, so I, and, and, I, and I can sort of relate to that. Sounds so. like rock and or roll. <laughs> right. So. In the Garden of Eden by Iron Butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed before you were getting a lot of Andy Simpson's references. Are you a Simpsons guy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, you fit right in because um, before we had – you guys are you guys are talking about Simpsons. Uh, we went <laughs> – <laughs> Amazing. We went over my lightsaber collection. Um, he, he he pulled up to my house and he says, "But if the shields are are up, how do they know?" <laughs> he, he made like a he made a Return of the Jedi. Uh, he made a Return of the Jedi quote. That I thought it was very cool. Um, so what's you know? So you, you have your grandfather who plays. Yeah. What, what's the what's what gets you? What makes you want to become a musician when you're a kid? It, I'm uh, assuming for, by the way you play that yeah. you started when you were young. Uh, I did. Um, I mean, not ridiculously young. I mean, I mean that's not going to land me on the Google homepage or anything. It's like, you know, it's not a, um, but uh, actually, I, I started on the drums. Oh, because well, like a lot of a lot of people my age, I mean, I, I, I saw the Beatles, and it's for some reason the drums. I I I I just I saw Ringo. I thought that was the coolest thing. So I kind of like. So my parents bought me a set of drums. You know, you know, uh, you know, at at gunpoint. I mean, <laughs> but. but <laughs> So, you know, and I, I, was, I was into it, you know, and, um, and then, but um, the fork in the road was when I, I went over to my cousin's house and my cousin, this is the stupidest story ever, by the way. <laughs> I went to my cousin's house and one day, all of a sudden, magically, there was a piano in her living room. And, and I, you know, I saw it and I was kind of like, and I was like, not, I guess not shy about certain things. I said to my parents, if she has one, I got to have one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then she and says, you couldn't I, play it yet. What? And then, and I couldn't play it yet, no. So, so, but I, you know, so, and I realized I was going all in because if they got the piano and I decided like, oh, you know what, I, I think I kind of made a mistake. I'm not really, I'm really really feeling this. Like, you know, I, there'd be hell to pay. So I, I said, so, um, they suddenly brought it in. It was like a, you know, kind of upright. And I remember like, even before I took lessons, I must've spent, for some reason, this is like the weirdest thing. I heard, I, I guess I just seen the um, uh, Sound of Music. So we were like... And I was great in that because it was all white keys. All white keys. And here, and here was all of a sudden my Waterloo. Oh, the black keys. So I spent the next three weeks trying to figure out. But I, I, somehow I figured it out. I remember, all right, I, I can sort of hear that, sort of, in, you know, in a, in a, so eventually I started taking lessons. And I kind of like, you know, I, you know, I sort of like, I was kind of moved along. You know, I guess I... Because I remember thinking that I said to myself, okay, you know what? I said, if, if I really, if I don't really, if I can't really navigate this thing, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to belabor the point. I think I'm just going to kind of, you know, I'll, you know, I'll just think of something else, go back to the drums or something. But, um, you know, but it worked out. It seemed to be like, a, you know, it seemed, it seemed to make sense and I seemed to understand it and it seemed to, you know, I developed a certain like, you know, aptitude for it. I mean, so what, what era is this? Like what year is this? What's on the radio right now when you're start taking, playing piano? Oh, that's, um, so, so 1971. So you're probably talking probably, uh, blues image ride. Captain ride would be like that. It was on the radio or like, um, or, um, the, you know, the carpenters or like, you know, um, 
I hadn't turned on to like heavy rock radio yet. Okay. So I was very much AM radio. You know, yeah. So 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 to it, I had a lot of the Partridge Family albums. <laughs> was it was it was a. Oh yeah, it was like I give up. But, but, anyway. but uh, yeah, so I mean, I kind of like that. that and that, that's a sick song. The, right, uh, I think I love you. Well, yeah, there's. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you, my God, compared to like, you know, I mean, not. I don't want to say get off my lawn, but harmonic in terms of like content, it's yeah. got. You, you could write fourteen, like. Pop songs out of like oh, <laughs> like what the contents are. <laughs> right, they they really pack it into that song. Oh my it's, God. it's dense. Like, yeah, uh, I had to learn that for a student once. I was like, what? Really? What? It was actually Margaret Rucci. Oh wow. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> Margaret, Margaret Rucci was my was my daughter's teacher in, <laughs> in her third grade little play group. Aww. She's the best. <laughs> I love Mama Rucci. Yeah. Margaret, if you're listening, you're not five, listening, right? but we love you, Margaret. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you're, you're asking people to discern half steps. Like, well, like, you ask too much. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're now. I, I'm assuming you're doing your lessons and you're yeah. reading, right? You're learning mm-hmm. how to read. Yeah. Well, well, like I learned to read eventually, but I had this quirk where where it seemed like over time, um, my ability to hear was ahead of my ability to read. And so <laughs> you and me both, brother. <laughs> I mean, but it got, but it kind of got out of whack because, like, because I mean, like, if if I was taking a lesson and my and my and my teacher was playing a, I could sort of hear that. Yeah. Oh, just 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 play that again. Let me see how you did that one more time, right. yeah. and then you just. Yeah, yeah, and I and I would sort of like blow off the blow off the, the printed page. Now there there eventually was a, was a you know there was a brick wall. You know, when all of a sudden was like, whatever that is, you know, that, and I realized, and I think one time in a concert, I, I tried to fake it and I really couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you were doing recitals when you were? Yeah, in? yeah, you know, I mean, just wow. I mean, kind of local things, but. Um, is that Chopin? That was Chopin. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, um, so. Um, wow. You know, so I, ev- I just so eventually, you just like this stuff out, dude. I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm enjoying just listening to you just play snippets of tunes. So, uh, uh, you know, well, again, the uh, the grand stage uh, it has uh, it makes it a, it makes uh, the experience a lot more pleasant. By the way, um, but but I digress. Um, so anyway, so because my year was all out of whack, I like started listening. I inadvertently started like realizing I could figure out things from the radio. <laughs> so uh, so it was so um, you know anything that had a lot of I mean I I could probably pick out uh, you know. A bunch of things, but the things that had piano, would I would, uh, you know, it'd be like, and then, and so on and so forth, you know, right? That was, but then it was like, but um, uh, then in 1973, uh, the that movie The Sting came out, so if you had a, did they, and you picked and it, was, it up by ear, yeah, wow, that, huh. well, that because that I, I guess I guess I had, I had just. You know, after a while, I mean, massive trial and error. I mean, there wasn't like no, no Mozart thing like this. It was just like hacking away. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Next. This, I mean, it was just hacking and slashing until I 
until I, I, I heard, and I knew when it was right, but it was insane amounts of trial and error. Well, you know, uh, one, of m- one of my students asked me about learning tunes, and he was like, I just can't pick them apart. I said, nobody can when you start. I said, like, it's very so. rare to find somebody who can just, you know, has the perfect pitch and can just, you know, play it. I said, it takes, it takes time. And then what happens, and I don't know if, this, if you experience this, but you'll learn something as a kid. And then someone will say, as an adult, say, oh, we're going to play this song. And you go, oh, I know that I learned it when I was a kid. And then you listen to it, and you go, wait, I learned this all wrong when I was a kid. Yeah, I don't know I, if you ever experienced that, but that uh, me constantly. I, I remember figuring out oh my when God. I first started playing the guitar, I figured out on one string, I was like. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. I could play, like, what, what is that, Number of Number the Beast? Number of the Beast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, then I was like, it changes. What does it do next? And I was like, and I figured out, I was like, well, I can't play that. That's, that can't be what they're doing. That can't be right. That's, I can't do that. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. So it, for anybody who, and it's, it, it, we're, you're, you're looking at a room full of people who do a lot of song learning. Would you say yeah. that's accurate, everybody? Yeah. Yes. Mm. And <clears throat> most definitely. Now we can do it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not because we're amazing, it's because we've done it. Thousands of times. Right. Oh, you remember how upset I was when we started dating, and I wasn't even sold that I was going to even do music. I remember you having to like talk me off the ledge all the time because I was like, I can't just. How do you sit down and figure this? You just listen to it once and you know how to play it. And I'm like, I I will never be able to do that. I'll never be able to do that without an instrument in front of me. And then eventually, you know, after ten years, you figure out how to do that. And and also, it, it it comes in layers. Like for example, you'll like you for example, Amory, you'll hear this like harmony part a vocal thing and you know when you first start you're like i can't pick those apart and then now you just say oh this is what it is you hear it you hear the well, chords i mean it's like do you know what it's like jazz players you ever notice with like especially jazz guitarists they'll be like oh yeah that's a 13 there's a flat nine in there i'm like how the i can't hear that's anything I, past a seven that's exactly what i was going to say next yeah. because <clears throat> when i first started learning those uh, those adult chords <laughs> i i um <laughs> i i thought that it's not even my joke. It's a Joe Bonamassa <laughs> joke. Credit, credit where credit's due. But, um, you almost got sprayed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I was like, how am I going to pick these out in a tune? But then just as you do it, all of a sudden you, you start – you guys know who Jacob Collier is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of his. I, oh, my I, God. I religiously watch him on YouTube. Yeah. If you don't know who he is, guys, check out Jacob Collier. He's a, he's he's a genius. It's crazy. But he really is a genius. He, he said something that I, I thought was, was BS when he first said it. He's like, oh, you know, uh, 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 this interval feels different and you just get used to the feel. I'm like, no, that's, that's, that's nonsense. <laughs> but then I'm like, that's how I know the difference between a ninth chord and a flat ninth chord. Is it feels different. And it's not, I'm not sitting there doing all the steps like, oh, there's a, there's a flat third here and not a, and not a major third. It's like, no, no, no. Right. It's like... The texture thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling it, and I get, yeah. and I, and I, and after a while, you associate that feeling, and you mm. know what to call it. And and he's right about that. It's like yeah. if you think of the Hendrix chord. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, you just like every what is that chord? You just you just read my mind. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Right. So like that, like as a guitar player, that's like the first weird chord you learn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the Hendrix chord. Yeah. Right. Really and progress so and then, that's and, like the major <laughs> chord with the minor on top, right? Yeah. That's what a sharp nine is. It's right, like yeah. it's a dominant seventh chord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, dominant seventh chord with a flat third on top. Essentially, that and the flat nine; those always pop out to me. Yeah, I love flat nines. I love them. It's the, sa- it's the same way you don't. And then have the minor major seven's the detective chord, right, like you know, yeah. like you're always like, oh, film noir. It's the same way you don't have to think about a major third and a minor third. So sp- this is a question I ask all of 
our guests and Andy ro- Andy rolls his eyes when I ask this. Are you versed in the Are you versed in the dark arts of jazz? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not... the dark arts. I'm spacing out. I'm sorry. Are, are, are you versed in the dark arts of jazz? I, I mean, I've studied it. Well, I mean, playing fusion that it sort of implies that you know a little bit of jazz, I guess. Well, you have to be able. I mean, you you, you know, there is there is a fair amount. I mean, Brandex is sort of it's it's nice because it um it actually weaves in and out of the the hard through composed thing and then the. And they deliberately, you know, set aside, you know, um, you know, moments like like with one's couple songs, they have just long expanses of like, you know, A minor or something. Yeah. So I better I. Whatever, something. What I mean, would you consider I, I, that? I, I, is that like an altered scale that, that we're just doing? I mean, actually, uh, if I think about it, I think I think it's actually. Um, well, I was studying, um, what's called, uh, I don't know if you know the, um, a lot of people would call it a, a, a Dorian. You know, and then I mean that's and of course if I start throwing uh, alterations into yeah. it, then I'm completely screwed. But that's not the, <laughs> but, but that's not the point. But, uh, but um, uh, I actually did, did a study, um, um, something called the uh, Lydian chromatic concept of tonal organization. What? Yeah, I know it's. It, you know, it's, it's Tell by the, me more. Nah, it's by this guy George Russell, and it's like a lot of people know him because Bill Evans was one of the first people to like his, actually um, espouse his co- concept. That it's, makes sense. Uh, long story short, because the book is like this, and I think he made it deliberately heady to like blow your mind, and he can make a lot of money teaching it. <laughs> okay, you know, yeah. you know. So I mean, long story short, he thinks the Lydian scale is the most stable, the true major, yeah, it's the most stable. Um, uh, element in the musical universe. And so for, for the non-musical people, the Lydian scale is just a major scale, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, with the fourth note raised. Uh, it's one one half step up. Right, right. Right. Well, they say like the, the whole ancient Greek, that's how they considered what was the major scale that was their basis in, in ancient yeah. Greek music. Like the Lydian scale was the basis, so he's running off that. Right. And also he has like certain, he, he, he has a lot of like data to back it up it's like I said if you went through the overtone series uh, I think was it I think I think yeah. the first I think the first fourth interval you encounter is is the raised fourth oh okay yeah yeah so um, interesting which so, makes sense so now so what he does is he frames all of music and he, so he relates everything to like uh, uh, he finds a corresponding Lydian scale so if you were like so some of it's obvious if you're in C major you'd be like I'm sorry, but not, unbelievably <laughs> they, pretty though. And, like, oh yeah, <laughs> right. But then like Frank Zappa, big, uh, you know, you know, mm. yeah, big Lydian fan. Like you know, I don't know, but um, and think so for for a minor, they'd be like, I mean, and it's all. I mean, I had a teacher who just said, "Look, here's how it works." He gave, he gave it to me in a half hour. Okay, and um. And I was like, that's what it is? I mean, it's still, I mean, easy to understand. I mean, but to implement it is like, you know, centuries of, you know, application. But, um, so, uh, so like minor would be the chorus, would be like the, ma- the major leading scale starting on the minor third. Right. So that's how I started, like, framing things. So you're saying, so, so, so fast forward, if, if I'm, I'm, I'm given a long expanse of uh, the A minor chord that we're talking about for, so that's, I start, I start there. Okay, so let me let me see if I if I've regur- if I've uh, processed this correctly, because the Lydian scale sounds great. If you 
do a sort of modal transposition and think of whatever you're playing. So if we're in the key of A minor, a, yeah. uh, you actually think about that as F Lydian? No, it would be a, a, C, a C Lydian. You think of C Lydian? Yeah. Okay. It's to be Lydian scale starting on the on the minor third of the um, of the of the of the tonic of the of the, three. Okay. Of the chord. Oh, oh you're doing Dor because you're not doing A minor, you're doing A Dorian. No, no, because I mean a, a minor is just the is the chord in question. Right, right, but you're you need the F sharp there. Because you were said before, you're doing like a Dorian sort of. Uh, so it's vibe. like the relative, whatever the relative major is. It's the it's a, that makes sense. But you're but you're playing in Lydian because if you organize things in Lydian, you get the 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 half steps in the right spot. But, is that what you're well? Thinking? Yeah, it is a bit like like if I, if actually if he um, he showed me if you um, he said he had so he had some he was encountering some tune where there was like um, there was a two five. In um in B major C sharp minor F sharp minor F sharp seven, and he was trying to t- treat each chord like uh, he he was trying to do like C sharp, you know. And he said he wasn't getting anywhere, and, and he said um actually um, and he was informed uh actually you should, I should tell about this. His name is Michael Longo. He used to be a Dizzy Gillespie's musical director. He's mm-hmm. I mean, a fantastic teacher. I mean he's a, he's a He's he's really a direct like used to be a protege of Oscar Peterson. He was, he's, a, he's you know, and and uh, and um, I think um, Dizzy said to him because he'd obviously checked out George Russell. He said, "Try uh, E Lydian over the whole thing." So he went, and all of a sudden, magically, he like he it was it unlocked the whole thing. So he realized, oh, there is something to that. Wow, interesting. So yeah, I, I have a guy who who I study like loosely with uh, jazz stuff and I, I wasn't interested until he taught me one trick yeah. that made me interested and he yeah. said if um, if you want to play Dorian mm-hmm. so say we're in the key of A and we want to play Dorian he said don't play don't try to play in a, a Dorian scale he goes you don't you don't know that very well he said play an E minor scale yeah. and he said if you play an E minor scale or, or, like I know but you gotta play the half steps you can't play pentatonic yeah. you know what I mean well, you could I mean you know what I mean? Then you, you hit all the notes, but you're playing differently because you're almost playing to the upper extension of, of the A. So, right. Because yeah. if, you, if, you, if you hold down like an A minor chord, right, and you play the E minor triad. You're already you're, in extensions. You're already in extension. So that's, that's the oh, thing you find. Oh, it's the polychord thing. Like yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's another way to get to like the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the upper. Yeah, you're ready. You're ready in the uh, the ninth. Yeah, exactly. Eleven, thirteen. So know. for me, I'm like, oh, that's all you guys are doing. That's a simplification, but that like sort of got me a little interested. And then I, every once in a while, it's a, it's a guy, my my buddy named Ernie Weintraub. And every once in a while, I'll see him like twice a year, and I'm like, okay, what do you got now? <laughs> you know, give me another one of those cool little tricks. And it sounds like that, uh, you're you're doing that with sort of like the Lydian scale is kind of. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yes, but that, right. But then now he now there's an assignment for each chord quality. Right. There would be a different one for dominant seventh. Okay. You know, for example, the dominant seventh would be let's say A7. Yeah. It would be Lydian scale starting on the seventh degree of the A7. Right. Well, that sounds mixolydian to me. Right. Well, I mean, no, no, you I, well, um it is, but if I take away the left hand, it's yeah, 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 yeah. G Lydian. But you're right. If you, if you, if you will, uh, yeah. it's just um, organizing the notes in a certain way makes you play differently. That's the idea behind it. Yeah. If you treat every chord like the root, you're gonna play. Well, this is this is all so fascinating to me because I'm yeah. coming from a place where it's like 
I was never very versed in an instrument. Like I mm-hmm. took a lot of piano lessons. I had a very similar kind of history to yeah. you, except I never got really good at the piano. I just, mm-hmm. like I got to the point where I was just like, I hear this better and now I'm frustrated, so I'm just going to drop it. So, right. I mean, that's where I was at and I never really got very proficient with anything. And this blows my mind because it's like a lot of it is like, oh, I'm in this position. Now yeah. I can reposition. So it's like when you're trying to sing it back though – Unless, like, I, I'm saying right off the bat, not like after you've played it through and worked it out and this, yeah. that. Like, if you're just trying, you have to hear it. And these things are, like, mind-blowing to hear sometimes because it's like, I, how do you mm. hear this right off the bat? You know, like, I, you have to really have this kind of, like, tonal understanding yeah. of where you're sitting. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, I always, and I always thought of it, some of this was, like, language. Like, s- certainly, yeah. if, I mean, if you hang around it, like, some people, like, they, they'll, they'll make themselves go to a, the country that they're trying to learn and just, be, and just be bombarded with it. So after a while, you will hear the... You say, oh, I, I, wait a minute. I think I've heard that a few times. I think I know what that is. And there's something to that. There's yeah. definitely something to that. So after a while, it's like... Um, like um, and even if you didn't know what it was, kind of like, and then later on we realize, oh, that's, that's, that oh, that's yeah, then you find a technical name yeah. for it and stuff. But so there's a lot of sounds. And after a while, like, you know, how does a child learn to speak? It's like he hears it and eventually he, he creates, oh, this means that. And he kind of like, and he, you know, creates the linkage. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I like a lot of people do that. And I think, so the question is, how do you figure out all these songs and stuff? Yeah. A lot of it's just, you, le- you learn the language. Right. You know? Now, are you, while you're learning to play piano as a, as a young guy, are you consciously trying to learn all the music theory stuff, or that does that just come later? Um, I, I I mean, it, de- it definitely came later. As soon as I once I got into, you know, once I went got into like you know formal study. Right. Um, Did you go to college for this? Yeah, I, oh. I, I, I went to Queens College. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, nineteen eighty class of nineteen eighty six, and that was remember years ago. <laughs> <laughs> those good. And um, bachelors so, or masters uh, or what? A bachelors. And then, and then did you know very? By the way, very thorough ear training. So I mean, a lot of a lot of that is actually they'll say like, sing a, sing a perfect fourth up from this, sing a minor ninth down from this. You know, you know okay, yeah, wow. you know. So I mean, they, very 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 thorough, very demanding. So when you went through that, you you your ear your ear was just getting better and better, because you were just you know because you just and then there was like. Okay, um, a dictation classes. I have to play. Uh, you know, here's here we go. Uh, uh, play this, and I'll play it a couple of times. You get like five cracks at it. And you got, and you have to like write it out. Now this is wow. this is further down the line, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Um, That's you know, awesome, but that, I mean, that shows you how far you can take it. Like same thing with me. Like there's no, you know, this. I mean, it's just it's really for me. It was just stubbornness. I was like, I just wanted to do it. And they said, okay, here's what you have to do. Okay. I mean, that's, I mean, nothing, really nothing more than that, really. Just, you know, like you, you wanted to do it. I, you know, like initially I wanted to play the drums. So I, mean, you know, I, I, I noticed that when we were, when we were doing Close to the Edge, like you, you knew the drum part as well as you knew the keyboard part. Like right. you were telling us, oh no, it goes there. And, and you know, you were, and you were, and you were <laughs> very visually right. playing yeah. it. Yeah. But that's funny because Andy is well, Andy, a drummer who plays keyboard plays as well. Fantastic keyboards, he, he does. Is that? Do you find like that the two instruments are very like symbiotic almost? Yeah. <laughs> I hate you so much. I hate you so. You much. love him. So I don't know much, why you're though. here. Walls, he's <laughs> yeah. your wife. I mean, I mean, every every instrument has a rhythmic element to it. So, uh, but there's just something. But there's also a two hand. Kind of thing, right? With the piano and the drums, that it's a emotion, maybe. And you're actually hitting. You're hitting. Like when you play piano, you're You're hitting. It's not like a guitar. You're like you're 
you're posting you're, up kind of right, and, holding, and letting your fingers do holding it, like, down a string and you're moving so i want to do i want to do a, a quick little plug here okay. uh just just for andy we're gonna do All some right. plugs Andy is currently playing with the uh, Ultimate Queen Experience. Is that what it's called? Celebration. Cele- oh, nice. I almost I got heard it. that. Andy is currently playing with the Ultimate Queen Celebration, yes. uh, starring Mark Martell. Yeah. And we could say this now, yeah. who is the vo- voice of uh, some of Freddie Mercury in the upcoming Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't gone to see them, check out their tour dates. Uh, our buddy Angus Clark, who was on the show, yeah. he plays with them. Um, and we have Jason Gianni, who it was indirectly on band geek That's right. he pl- he did the uh, transcription for the food drumming episode oh. the video that's jason gianni uh we also and we'll have, have him on here yeah we we, we got a, we got uh, you got jr mcneely who's yeah. wonderful who t- totally would fit in perfectly on this and, show and mixing engineer. and and also tristan avakian yep. who's who's f- freaking phenomenal who does brian may better than anybody oh, that's mm. a guitar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and um am i missing anybody Oh, and Brandon Etheridge, Brandon who was also who I'm uh, replacing. Yeah, who you're, you're filling in for. Filling <laughs> in. <laughs> wow. Brandon Etheridge, who I do the Where's the F and Beat, and uh, who was also a guest on this show. Right. So that's well, a very that's cool good, thing. by the way. Yeah, the, um, the Where's the Where's the Beat? Yeah. yeah, it's great. Thank you. That's all. That's all Brandon's idea. I just <laughs> yeah. go along for the ride. But um, right, that, what's that? What's that? Yeah. What's the stuff like that? Like right. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. do all that. You know, basically Brandon for that stuff. He takes a poll. On his Facebook page of nice. what songs confuse you, and then, then we clarify that. Which is great. Honestly, I've had people like people I've worked with Windborne have been like, I love those. Those <laughs> where's the F and beat? Like yeah. I love those. It's so interesting. It's such a useful tool for my students. It, I'm talking like people who play for a living. Like it's such a useful tool tool for me. Yeah. Like yeah. as a musician who works. Like, right. Um, while while we're True. doing plugs, I'm gonna do a quick plug. Uh, if you'd like to support Band Geek, please use our tip jar link. That is at richiecastellano.com slash tip jar. And that brings you to a PayPal form from our partner site, Streamlabs. And um, it's pretty simple. It's totally safe. And if that's just, just if you want to kick us some bucks, if you like what we do, and say, okay, thanks for the entertainment. And if you've already been, oh, cool. If you've already been doing that, uh, please continue to do so. We appreciate <laughs> it. And you bought us pizza tonight. So thank you for that. Uh, also, if you use Amazon, use our Amazon link. Mm. That's at riotcast.com slash bandgeek. And there's an Amazon banner at the top of the page. Hit that before you do your shopping. And then a small percentage of your purchase goes to supporting our show. And it doesn't cost you anything extra. Also, we got merch now. Wow. Uh, go to is it, it's bandgeek.merchtable.com, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'll have a link somewhere on the on the screen. And um, that's our Band Geek t-shirt. We're working on adding more stuff, but so far we have the t-shirt with uh, the cartoon versions of us. So check that out. And I think soon we're going to have autographed pictures at my site. That's richiecastellano.com. And we have CDs if you want to hear the uh, – since this is a prog episode, if you want to hear our prog album, Me, Andy, and Andy, uh, Progeny 1999. Uh, if you want to hear some some pretty uh, subpar pro- uh, some great prog music, okay. So bandgeek.merchtable.com. Yeah, bandgeek.merchtable.com. Okay, so that that's the plug. So now you're you're were you starting to play in bands before you went to college, or you know? Yeah, because um, uh, uh, I I think I, I someone showed me an electro uh, like an electric piano, and I remember thinking oh, this is cool. You know, so I kind of like that. So were you mainly just playing at home for fun at that point? Yeah. So I, I remember, um, you know, like the Beatles. You know, they made me want to play music. Like I right. didn't want to play music. I was interested in it. You know, but um, but, and even though I was going to school, I was I, I was kind of like, you know, I 
I mean, I felt really strongly about it, but it wasn't like, oh, I want to you know, pursue this. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I started, you know, noticing like, like um, I'm trying to think. So, uh, thir- like, well, I kind of like the, the fork in the road was kind of, I was like, I was like 14. Um, and I was like, you know, like I said, I was in a lot of AM radio. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was hanging out with a friend of mine from, you know, from high school. And, and he was like, like, you know, what are you listening to? And I was like, like, you know, practically anything on the radio, kind of like, you know, like, I mean, I, li- I would listen to anything, really. I was listening to like, you know, you know, um, like, like Barry White and the Love Unlimited Orchestra or something. <laughs> you know, like, uh... But in any case... Right. Right. Yeah, you guys, you know, yeah, you got it. I played a wedding. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> yeah, many of like, actually, now, now, now in my 34th year of, of playing of weddings, play- yeah. Look... <laughs> I, I know some people look down on it, but a lot of those musicians are wonderful, and and especially if you get in a wedding band with nice people, yeah, you have a, you have a nice time. And you get to sleep in your own bed, mm-hmm. so there's something to be said for oh, that. Oh, li- listen, if the hang is good, yeah. it's all gravy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, if the hang is good, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, um, you I know, a pretty good, pretty good friend from from doing those now. Yeah, like you, because you yeah. you've done them. We've we've all done them. We, you know, there. I I work with a. Uh, a couple of bands. If I do three weddings a year, it's a lot. But you know, if if everybody, it, people don't realize this attitude goes so far in what we do. Oh, yeah. If you're if you're a good hang, yeah. you'll mm-hmm. people will call you just because you're not going to be a pain in the ass. The kind of the kind of people in a band where like you can look across the, the stage at them and like you're thinking the same thing. Yeah, or, or, or you're continuing the joke you had while you yeah, were wolfing yeah. down prime rib. You're like, you know, yeah, you <laughs> check out that one at table five. Oh. <laughs> or look what the singer is doing. Jeez. Right. <laughs> not you, of course. That's, uh, yeah, no, no, I, no. I had I had these moments very recently. Yeah. So yeah. So, like the check out the new chick on the gig. Oh my god, <laughs> just hiding over there. <laughs> so okay, so you're doing you're doing. Um, your friend tells you. All right, so he's like, "What are you listening to?" So I was like, "I don't know. I listen to like some rock, some disco." He said, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> so he pulls out some vinyl, puts it on the turntable. Go. He says to me, "This is your new favorite band." Yeah. And lo and behold, it. And we're like, and it's like it's side one of the close to the edge, yeah. and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> and I was like, you know, you know, like it was, you know, like I was speechless. I was like, this is unbelievable. I was like, because yeah, so, you know, you put it on the other two sides. I was like, this, you, you, this is insane. I was like, you know, so uh, you know, and I realized like from that point, I was like, you know, they say things don't change. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened with me and Richie. He's like, have you ever heard yes? I was like, uh, not really. <laughs> Check it out. Well. <laughs> My uncle said to me, he goes, you know what your problem is? You only like pop music. Because my favorite band, as you can tell from this wall behind me, is the Beatles. Right? That, that was like yeah. my favorite band of all time. Mm-hmm. And it's all I listen to. He goes, I said, what do you mean I like the pop? I, I like the Beatles, the greatest rock band of all time. He goes, that's pop music. And my uncle loves the Beatles. You know, he, he, yeah. he got yeah. me into the Beatles. Um, him and my dad. But... He goes, you gotta listen to some real music, and he put on "Heart of the Sunrise" for me. Yeah. Oh. And I said, this is this sucks. <laughs> he, said, he goes, he goes, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, you can't dance to it. It's like too long. It's boring. You can't dance to right. it. Right. Wow. 
Well, no, because you understand like, rate a record like, American, no, American Bandstand. This guy, this guy, you can't dance. Yeah, but you, you got to understand something. Like my bar for everything was my dad, and my dad, you know, my dad is, is, dance is a is an entertainer. He he plays soul music and R and B. He he's a very you know soulful singer. He plays blues guitar. He's great. And his whole thing was like, you have to. He would he like instilled this to me at a young age. He's like, you're not a musician. He goes, you are an entertainer. <laughs> he said, if you're just playing stuff to entertain yourself and no one likes it, then you're failing. That's basically what he told me. So when I heard yes, it went counter to everything that I thought. And what happened is I did a gig once and I just said, yes, it's very challenging. It's very impressive. Good for you, Uncle Phil. I'm glad you like this music that no one else likes. Great. So, But then I played a show at my band. I was Before I met you. I think, and the show went horribly, and I was I was ashamed of myself, right? And I and I and I was I was upset with myself, and I went home. And as a punishment to myself, I learned "Heart of Sunrise" because <laughs> I was so I was so mad at myself for like screwing. I, yeah, it was a you penance. gave yourself a punishment. I gave myself assignment. a punishment. Yeah, and I went home. I learned the whole thing, and then as I was learning it, I was like, "Oh, this is why people like this because." <laughs> This is hard, and 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 you feel like an enormous sense of of accomplishment after you learn it. Now I learned the whole thing totally wrong because right. I, I was probably fourteen years old at the time. Yeah, but I was just like after I was like, oh, that this is what this is what this music is about. Yeah, and then that that sort of said, you know what? It's it's okay. Like I I, I thought to think that like okay, my dad is right. If you're doing a gig and people pay you to make people dance, you don't want to play Heart of the Sunrise. That no. that would be bad. But <laughs> you know, but you know, if you are trying to push yourself as a musician or broaden your horizons, then this is really cool. And that was for me the gateway to other things. Like I never, as a kid, I never liked heavy metal. But then I realized, like, you know what? Eddie Van Halen plays some stuff I can't play. And and that's how I got into it is just by the – I, I came from the other side. I yeah. was very much into heavy metal and then, like, then like more into the classic rock. So I started with, like, the Metallica and the Iron Maiden, yeah. Danzig and stuff like that. And then I started getting into, like, Deep Purple and the Allman Brothers. Yeah, so you got when, me. I never heard Deep Purple until I met I you. Find it, when I find it – when you – when I figured out about yes, I was like, oh, this is like the next perfect step. Because it's, it's the next like, level. Well, I always say this yeah. to people. I, I mean, I don't know if, if you had a similar uh, upbringing, but I say this. Like, if you want a comprehensive musical education, all you have to do is start from rock and roll, 1955. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and go up to the early 80s. Yeah. And by the end of that, you will have a very comprehensive musical education. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Because like you're learning, you know, one four fives, one six four fives, you know, basic chord progressions in the fifties, and then the Beatles come and they start adding some elements I to that. You, I think it was your dad who kind of explained it like that too. It's yeah. like if you just start with the Beatles, it was right. like, all right, oh, then they added this like new chord in there, like right, like and, a little bit. They got cooler. It's almost cooler like a Mel time. Bay book, just like yeah. <laughs> but with better songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? But. Um, that's that's sort of how we did it, and then we got together, and we, you know, he was playing Deep Purple, and we both like Eric Clapton fans, but we we grew up in the era of the thirteen year old blues guitar player, me, me and Andy, and we were thirteen year old blues guitar players, so we were like we we're looking at each other like. This skill that we have is useless because because there are I didn't more. Know sig- that was an error. Yeah. Oh no. Like, listen. Uh, who's like Johnny Lang, uh, oh, Kenny yeah, Wayne yeah. Shepherd, yeah. Joe, Joe Bonamassa, Bonamassa. Yeah. all these. Oh wait, was Kenny Wayne 
Shepard that young? Yeah, yeah all yeah, these kids was, were yeah. like young phenoms. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, these we kids these kids are already more <laughs> successful than us. They're yeah. better looking than us. You know what I mean? They already are doing like gigs and have bands of adults backing them up. We can't do that. Like, yeah, the, yeah. like it doesn't matter how good you play the blues. There's a there's hundred kids that can do it. So we said, what is different? And we sort of got onto yeah. prog rock. Now, we met Andy, and Andy was a jazz piano player, yeah. and, and, we, and we tricked him into joining our band. <laughs> wow. Because we told him, like, oh, you know, we, there's a lot of jazz in prog rock. You're going to like this music. And I, I remember the first few gigs, too. We played things like Red Clay and So What. <laughs> wow. So you're – now, do you find that, like, when you heard prog rock, would you, did you feel like that was, like, the next level? Oh, yeah. Of, no, this was, uh, this was a quantum leap. I mean, that's what every. That's I feel like every musician who encounters that is like, okay, you know, this is I've graduated from you know the Beatles and Cream. Now it's time for you know to put my big yeah, boy pants on. Because obviously, well, well for, for starters, I mean, not only did it sound more complex, it was more complex, yeah. and it was beyond what I was capable of. So yeah. I had a scratch and claw just to be able to play. You know, like the stuff like that. You know, what I mean, like that. So, but um, like. In high school, I was like, and of course, you know, when you get into high school, they're like these funny, like quite quirky things, like, like, you know, like I know, I noticed that that I, I wouldn't get beat up because I could play. <laughs> Imagine that I got beat up because I could play it. No, I'm you know, no, 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 for example, right now, was you know, everybody listening to prog rock in high school? Uh, yeah, there was. There were pockets of people who who were in like. Um, no, there were definitely a lot of people who were like you know I I could talk to about yes or, or ELP or right. stuff, but there were um, also uh, Rush was a big deal. Oh. Okay, yeah, uh, clearly you know other people people who like for, for yes was a little bit too twee. Yeah. Rush was just the right blend. Yeah, because Rush has got a great like hard rock back. Yeah, like, yes, you know. like specifically went out to do something else. You know, like Rush yes, started. Yeah, it, like, yes, will float thing. away a little bit, right. but yeah. uh, Rush is grounded and yeah. you have the, the the distorted guitar. It's still mm-hmm. like yeah. you know. He plays mostly like normal chord voicing. Right, right, <laughs> right. And but they but they love yes. You know, yeah. They, but so um, so it was kind of you know and then I and I liked it. I liked it because of I mean it was like the the, the well, I everything. Like, I liked the colorful guitar and the drumming was great. Very interesting drumming that you could sort of like really sink your teeth into, you know. And and, and I and I liked Getty's voice, so I was cool with it. Mm-hmm. And it was like you know and then. Um, and then people say to me, like, well, you know, there's not a ton of keyboards in there. There's, there's keyboards in it. I mean, it's like, you know, but... Um, there's enough. Where are you? There you go. And so on and so forth. Right? The, um, but, as, you know, but, I mean, it's... I, it, I mean, it doesn't have to, like, you know, have, like, oodles of keyboards in it. Like, right. I, I was into, like, you know, King Crimson. Right. You know, and... And initially, I couldn't. I didn't understand King Crimson. People played. They played um, in like Lark's Tongues and Aspic, and, and uh, or in uh, um, uh, Starless and Bible Black. Yeah. And I played it, and it. I just. It, it, it was Sanskrit. I, I really. Couldn't, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't make heads or tails out of it. So, but I just said, you know what? Something there. I yeah. <laughs> I, I said. I said. I. It's. You know what? It. It's. It's going to come to me. So I just kept playing it over and over and over again. I just like just playing it, and I'm just just like taking it in. And then one day I put it on. And I was like, "Oh, that's it!" And it's like one magically. I just for some, whatever reason I just I sort of began to catch up with it. You know. So the, I, w- I want to ask you a question oh now, now that you're listening to um, Wakeman and Emerson. Oh who, my God. Who, who's your guy? Who's like who's your go-to guy there? Well, I'll tell you. I mean, I, there was a distinct. Um, um, uh, uh, gap, like I mean, I remember, like just 
when I first heard, uh, like, you know, with Yes, I heard her close to the edge and yeah. fragile. And that was like, you know, that was a handful I had to assimilate that. But I will say when I heard brain salad surgery, oh, yeah. that was... That was another like you know another go back to the drawing board. Yeah. So I so my uh, my assessment was yes it's difficult ELP is impossible. <laughs> that's, that's, that's about right. And even because even once you get past the um, you know what and and so on and so forth um, you know but I mean but, but, but like you said getting back all this all the, you know, when you hear like a. All that. I mean, it's like, that's, I mean, it's like, I, you know, I'm 14 years old. I was like, what the hell am I going to do with that? What do I do with that? See, I feel like yes was more about like like a group effort, whereas like ELP, I feel like a lot of times the other two guys were sort of along for the ride with Keith. <laughs> well, he told them every note they were supposed to play. Yeah. Whereas if you look at the Yes documentaries, they said they would they would have a a four hour argument about whether the next chord should be B flat or B minor. <laughs> oh yes. So right. You know. Yes, democratic to a fault. Uh, right. That's right. So um Very okay, different. so you you then Genesis, you know where we're talking about. Oh, yeah, Bank. okay. Tony Banks would bring in fully formed tunes. Yeah. Are you a Genesis guy too? I love Genesis. Yeah, us us too. We love Genesis. Yeah, that's, <laughs> he knows all the prog songs. That's amazing. I'm, I'm, I could just just have you just go play snippets all night. I'll be I'd be happy. Um, so okay, your let's talk about after college. Now I know. Do you do you did some of these um, symphonic gigs? Are you doing like accompanying, accompanying stuff, or are you doing like pits? Like what's what's your? Uh, I, uh, let me see. I'm trying to think. No, I just uh, I, I did a, like a lot of. Um, I started like weddings when I was. Um, 21 so i was still in i was still in college so so i did weddings on the weekends yep. which means i had to get all my homework done between monday and friday because the weekends were shot yeah because those you know the, because you you know if, if the wedding was at um seven o'clock you had to meet at the basement load up the uh, the van oh, yeah. you get the thing and it's a long load in because you're bringing these gigantic lombardi speakers into the uh <laughs> i mean you know that's the thing the bands i played with we had more gear than genesis <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my dad's band. Yeah, yeah they're just monster. Really? Now this is on this is on Long Island. Uh, uh, predominantly Brooklyn with uh, Brooklyn um, Queens. Uh, you know, um, yeah, I mean we really try state area, but now with a concentration in Brooklyn and Queens and Long Island, some of, more, some of your uh, you know your obvious um, catering holes. Leonard's a great neck. Uh, yeah, yeah. Country Club. You no, know, um, um, the, the Huntington Townhouse when it was open. Well, here's an interesting question yeah. for you. When did you start playing um, organ for the for the Yankees? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I can thank my good friend Richie Canada for that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that story really quick. You told it before. Oh yeah. Uh, well, you, you know Richie Canada. He's yeah. um, a fantastic sax player. Many years with uh, Billy Joel. In fact, um, you probably have heard him today, whether you realize it or not. Um, he's the sax on most of those in, in Billy's noticeable hits. Right. Um, and he, you know, I, I started playing with. Um, are, are you doing the Monday Night Jam? Is that what you're doing? I, now? I, I had done the Monday Night Jam for for uh, for quite a while, actually. I mean, I'm not, I'm not doing it right now. My friend Benny Harrison is a, a great keyboard. Wonderful. Yep. Yeah, who's uh, currently out with um, uh, the latest iteration of the Rascals. I oh, think cool. It was, yeah. And um, so I sub for him now. So um, and we started doing it. And Richie would introduce the band. And sometimes he would like he would just kind of like improvise. 
in terms of like people's resumes and stuff. Yeah, like you know, so so okay, so everybody would come up and um, you know, and actually, truth be told, I I got off easy, and I'll I'll explain why. So, but he said, "Here, here's Chris. You know, he's he's on keyboards, and he's." Very kind to join us uh, away from his normal gig of playing the organ at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> someone to- when I told someone that you were coming on my show, like, oh, he plays organ for the Yankees. So that has become uh, like uh, the truth. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, and and to the point where, like, if someone comes up to me, I have to like talk him down, basically. Uh, <laughs> it's like you know, like you know, it's like uh, um, you know, Richie actually he means well, but. I, I'm not in the employee of the New York Yankees now. So, but now you play with Bernie Williams. That's so true. How, That's how you, true. So, how do you reconcile that? Like, does that confuse people more? So it's 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 tangential. I mean, <laughs> so I, I'm like, I don't I don't. That, so, so you do play with the Yankees. <laughs> he plays with a Yankee. A Yankee. Right now, now the, the, the um, now the, the funny thing is that. Um, um, you know, I play with Bernie, and sometimes uh, if um, the running gag is if he mentions the Yankees, I have to go. I, I have to, you know, that's you know, so I have to, to, and if he keeps mentioning it, I have to go. And and so you know, so, you know and, and just and break his chops. I haven't gotten fired yet, but like, uh, but that, that that's like yeah. And I have to, and if I don't do it, I kind of get like the side eye from like me and Richie. Like, so um, how'd you get hooked up with with, with Bernie through through Richie Canada? Okay, cool, because yeah, he's the musical director. Nice. So the, the, let's talk about the big gig. Um, for those of you who don't know, mm-hmm. um, Brand X is one of those uh, bands that when you look at the prog rock family tree, uh, and I know there is one online somewhere, which it's like... Oh, it's, There's a book here, <laughs> a book. and they're in here. It's a very um, incestuous tree that, mm-hmm. that um, forks and branches and... and, and into, it, it's all different lines intertwining. Intertwining. It's so, sort of like a moch. Um, but I was... Simple lines intertwining. Yeah, I, did, uh, <laughs> I did my homework today and I, I, I watched some Brand X and I highly recommend if you if you look up Chris Clark on YouTube, you'll see some live performances and they're mind-blowing. Oh, I'm going to now. I want to go see you guys. Yes, <laughs> yes. You come around but, next time. <laughs> um, Brand X was a, was a band that started in, was it 74? Like that? Uh, the, well, the first album came out in 76, I think. 76, okay. according to the book. The, the uh, yeah. Behavior. Billboard Guide to Progressive and this Music. Was like, and, and the famous thing about the band is it was like Phil Collins' <laughs> yeah, like, like, side project, yeah. right? Right, exactly. Because Phil was the original drummer, and, and I think, and, right? Which is crazy to me oh, because Phil Collins at that point is in one of the biggest bands in the world and and a big prog rock band and that music isn't hard enough for him. Right. So he goes and, and, and joins or starts his other band with even more like out, out there music. So – and from – from reading the uh, Wikipedia, it's he. It's something that he kept coming back to, like in and out of, for quite a while. Yeah, I would say I think through 1980. Right, and then, um, but there's like two main guys that are always like it's, it's their band, pretty much. Is that it's, uh, well? It's Percy Jones, uh, the bassist, and uh, John Goodsell, the guitarist. Right, they're the they're the charter members. Gotcha. And also, I mean, as was right. You know, I mean, then the 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 the, the, the classic lineup was. Uh, Percy, John, Robin Lumley on keyboards, and um, Phil, um, and they later uh, added a percussionist, uh, Morris Pert, who's uh, you know who actually was uh, you know a fantastic percussionist, great composer in his right. own right. 
And but the funny thing is, Phil wasn't the first drummer. He's the first drummer recorded. No. Right. <laughs> but actually, they um, they discussed uh, uh, things with Bill Bruford, but, yeah. but he was indisposed. I yeah. I, re- I read on the Wikipedia page that mm-hmm. Bill Bill Bruford was one of the unofficial members that like played maybe a gig or something like, like percussion that. or something. Yeah, yeah, like like. But he's he's on something in the in Brand X's history. Uh, also, I read that Chuck Berge was in the band. He was um, one album. Chuck Berge is a Chuck Berge is in every band. Yeah. Uh, no, but Chuck Berge is is um, a phenomenal drummer. He's currently playing with Billy Joel. Hmm. But um, he was in Rainbow. Not a bad gig. Mm-hmm. No, Rainbow. he was in Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> right, true. Um, Meatloaf. He was in Meatloaf. Right. He and he was in Brand X. Probably a bunch of other bands too that he was in. Uh, I think briefly with Al Miola. Right, and it's a and fairly wide. Uh, he he's, a, he's a monster. <laughs> and, uh, you can play everything in that case. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um. Yeah, so it, I think that's cool because that means I'm two s- degrees of separation from Genesis, you but you're one degree of separation <laughs> from Genesis, so that makes you a little cooler, I think. Uh, so wh- uh, how did that come about? Uh, the percussionist in this reformed Brand X uh, and I have a mutual friend, um, unbeknownst to me at the time, and the... Uh, and he, had, the mutual friend, had spoken to the percussionist. His name was Scott Weinberger. He's a really good, really good, good percussionist. And he, um, and he had been speaking to um, uh, Kenwood Denard, the drummer, uh, who was uh, not original, but he uh, he actually followed Phil. Okay. Uh, and Percy and John. So he so he had like a, a some like we're trying to get, he had a nucleus that was uh, you know, had had a legacy you know credibility. Right. And and I and they said Robin Lumley wasn't interested or available. I guess Peter Robinson wasn't uh, interested or available. So he said, "Do you know anybody?" And so my friend, uh, um, I don't know if you know my friend. His name is Jeff Gans. Uh, oh, I know Jeff. Do you yeah. know yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he's a uh, you know, wonderful, wa- wonderful bass player, uh, funny as hell. Yep. I mean, um, and he's also a you know resume as long as your arm. I mean, he's very very versatile. You know, he played with Johnny Winter. He did. Yep. Oh wow. Yeah. Yes, and I think Roy Buchanan as well. Mm. Yeah. He he. Before we started, I was telling you about those Nam jams I used to do. Yeah, he was the bass player on them. Oh yeah, yeah. He told yeah. me about that. I think. Is that how you met him? Yeah. Oh. Was and that then, the one with the like, Liberty DeVito? I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So so Jeff got got so you so the, so Jeff at least um, forwarded my name to Scott and he called me and he said, um, you know, would you be interested in you know in um, uh, you know we're relaunching Brand X. Would you be interested in auditioning? I said, uh, yeah, sure, absolutely. I don't have to twist my arm. Absolutely, you know. Um, so, um, uh, the, it was, the, uh, not, a, uh, not a metric ton of, of, of detail other than kind of like, well, you know, I was like, well, what would you like me to play? You know, it's like, okay, can you come in and can you, could you play, uh, have ready, uh, nuclear burn, um, uh, Malaga virgin, uh, and I, I think it was like just those, those two or maybe one other. And then all of a sudden I got a, a couple of days later, I was like, well, could you add on, <laughs> yeah, so, that's how it happened. could you add on this one? And then a couple of days after that, could you add on one more? And I was like, you know, well, yeah, I'm all, I, I'm all in. So, yeah. Hmm. yeah. So I think it was like about four or five songs, you know, so I was like, and, and there were no charts to speak of. Yeah. So thank, thank God for. I will say I want to if, I, if I'm going to plug a product. <laughs> thank God for AnyTune Pro. Okay. It's, it's a fantastic um, uh, software that slows down and, and changes pitch. Nice. It's I mean it's, uh, it's I need a new one of those so I'll, yeah, I'll really. check that out. It's not um, 
It's not a. I don't work for them, by the way. But I'm saying, but I just, I, I, it saved my bacon. Any tune pro, you got to my, my, my boy here, pro. Chris Clark. Hook him up. <laughs> yes, I mean any tune pro. Not, it's uh, you know, it's uh, it's not free. It's fourteen ninety nine, yeah. but the but it's powerful. You have like limitless like EQ. You can carve out left, right. Yeah. Uh, you can make it really loud. You can you can throw everything down an octave, not change the tempo. You can uh, slow down the tempo, not change the pitch. Well, also, it's crazy. Yeah. The, the great thing about some of the more well-known tunes is that you can go on YouTube like we all did and get the isolated tracks. Like we, when we were learning close yeah. to the edge, we got the isolated tracks online. Yeah, that's like a new isolated track. I know. Yeah. Years that it's just the greatest. Played at seventy-five percent or played at fifty percent. Like, right. Oh, oh, there it is. It's, 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 it's the keys to the kingdom. It's just like yeah. there's all that. Right, because we were talking about we had no idea what Chris Squire and Steve Howard singing. And you said that was like a revelation to you. Oh my god! Those, I mean, like I knew it was really intense, but it was like just hearing it back, just hearing right just self, the yeah, just the detail of, of what they came up with. You know, it's, it's like you know, I mean, that's 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 what I always say. Not to go off on a tangent, that's why I say Chris Squire. You know, he is you know he, he is the big generator. You know, really, I mean, you know, really, I mean, but, you know, we thought like we would. <laughs> when we were discussing this on the phone, you and I, Andy, we, uh, I said, oh, I think they're just improvising there. And then you forwarded me the link to the isolated vocals on yeah. YouTube. And I listened to it. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That is a part. You know what I mean? And we can, I cannot screw around with it. I have to sing that exact part. So I had to notate that and put it in my, in my chart that I'm reading. Yeah, no, and that's right. It's like, it's like non-negotiable, man. Yeah, it's, it's non-negotiable. Like, <laughs> so... Is is Brandex the first so, like, prog rock band you, that you you ever played with? Uh, yes, right, right. So 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 so. Uh, long story short, you know, I went in and uh, you know, I went in and uh, we, we played played with them, and I guess it went okay. So um, uh, so I was invited to to like to you know to 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 tour with them. I mean, I mean, tour you know, like, you know, very bite sized touring. Fun size, really. Uh, you know, two weeks, two and a half weeks. Yeah, sure. You know, and, uh, you know, with, with time off and stuff. It's not like, this is not like a Les Mis tour, whether you're out for like five years, you know. Right. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, um, and it's, um, you know, reasonable, you know, uh, like friendly size venues like um, like the Iridium or like, um, or... Uh, BB Kings. Sure, sure, we did yeah. BB Kings. Um, yeah, yeah, we were thinking about um, possibly Highline Ballroom, that kind of, you know, that... You know, and you you know the area, kind of like uh, some places uh, maybe as big as uh, Sellersville Theater. We play a lot, mm-hmm. and these are like all like four or five hundred you know, seats. So, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, to go. I mean, the notion of actually, you know, being gainfully employed playing that kind of stuff is pretty cool. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Where can people find out more about Brandex? Is there like a website with tour dates on it? Yeah, it's just we uh, we don't have a, a website. We have a uh, Facebook page. Okay, it's a, a official Brandex. Do you have a page or a website you want to promote? I don't. I'm like I'm actually I'm uh, I'm 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 leaping and bounding towards Y2K like technically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that that was <laughs> the interesting thing is that when I because I whenever I have a guest on I, I I have to like stalk them a little bit and do some homework so yeah. mm-hmm. I know to ask good questions. Luckily, you and I have been corresponding a while on mm-hmm. Facebook and I wasn't right. going in cold and I kind of you know from playing with you I kind of knew about right. you but. Um, yeah, I noticed that you know, there wasn't a ton of stuff, and that's why I think it's very cool that we're doing this yeah. because I think you are an incredibly yeah. interesting yeah. guy, ridiculously talented, yeah. and I think that people should know more about you, and, yeah. and hopefully Thanks. this helps a little bit. Um, and if you heard the little snippets that Chris has been playing throughout 
the episode, this is what it's like hanging out with him. It's hey. a freaking total delight, <laughs> especially if you're into the kind of music that we're into. But you know? it's, well, it's only pleasant because I stop before I crash and burn. That's why. <laughs> So, so there are snippets because this this is a snippet you know, (laughs) right? Yeah. So it's I mean it's really kind of self-serving and obnoxious. No, it's not the best kind. No, but it's it's you know because like we get we get the opposite end of that from our normal keyboard player. I'm gonna give him a shout out, Vinny Innocente. Uh, Vinny Innocente graciously um, allowed. Chris to do close to the edge with us <laughs> because Vinny has I I met I introduced you to Vinny at the St George Theater oh, yeah. we just saw yes I know, I know him yeah and he, you he, you do the jams with him sometimes yeah yeah um, but Vinny has a no prog rock clause <laughs> he yeah he of, told me that he sort of like <laughs> he teetered over that for the um, the rainbow tune we did with Angus right. he goes this is getting close to prog rock here but he has <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he has like that, yeah. he has like a no prog rock clause so whenever we have guest keyboard players it's usually gonna be prog rock because Vinny you know Vinny's like no thank you. <laughs> But um, you know, so but Vinny does a lot of the snippets, and he can he can he he's like you, but with like every single pop song ever and, and television commercial. But it's it's different to hear because we're used to that. But it's different to hear like, oh, here's a little piece of Carnival Nine first impressions. Like, get out of here, dude. But it's 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 amazing to have you, and I don't want to take up any more of your time. Is no, there any, anything else? I got you, nowhere to go. <laughs> is, is there any, anything else you want to plug or talk about before we uh, you know? Cat this off and let people hear the song. Um, let me see. Uh, I would just say, oh yeah, remember, um, uh, never carry keys in your pouch. <laughs> they scratch. <laughs> um, okay, one more, one last question before we stop. Will you please come back and play more music with us? Oh yeah, yes, absolutely. Okay, I want to thank our very special guest today, Chris Clark. Yeah. Check him out on tour. With Bernie Williams, check them out with Brand X. Check out their respective Facebook pages and websites. And you really have to catch this guy in person. It's he's he's wonderful to be around. He, the, all of us are smiling the whole time with your stories. And every time you go into you launch into something, it's amazing. He's a fantastic performer, a great dude. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. And if you haven't done so already, uh, go over to it's on this on my YouTube channel. Uh, I will have the full video of Close to the Edge all. 18 freaking minutes of it. Or no, if we played a little too fast, it might be 17 minutes <laughs> or 16 it minutes. Might be a little less atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think, you know, we, we went, okay, all right, enough is enough. Let's just start the song. So. <laughs> I mean, there was like two minutes before the song starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did, no, I remember that. It's like every time I listen to that song, I was like on oh, my CD player, like fast forward 50 seconds. Okay, here we go. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So thanks again, man. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank you for watching Band Geek, and we'll see you next time. We have another doozy of a video coming soon if we can pull it off. So, but you know, no more asking for difficult songs. This is it. This is your YYZ. This is your Dream Theater. Anybody ask me for crap like that, I'm going to refer you to this video. This is it. We we can't keep doing this to ourselves. This is crazy. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll think of something ridiculous next time, and we'll and we'll, and we'll be pulling our hair out. So, anyway, thank you guys. See you next time.
Get up, I get down 